The Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-10 at home, dropping to 4-3, and three, and there's a lot to break down. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'll walk you through this loss, all the bad things, all the crazy things, and can the Steelers turn it around for a quick Thursday night football game against the Tennessee Titans? All that and more here in the Locked on Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day. Hello, welcome to the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. So, Steelers fans, that was a crazy loss. And that was one of those that there's so many things to talk about, all the things that went badly, could have went worse, were just plain old stupid, that it feels kind of a loss to kind of figure out where to start with this. Um, I, I think you obviously have to start with the offense here. Um, also, uh, shout out to my friends Raman and Nuja. I'm still at their wedding here on this weekend as I'm, I'm recording this. I'm getting back Tuesday morning, so please bear with us as we deal with that in our production. So we weren't at the stadium. We didn't get the, all the views that we normally get, nor we get the the interviews that I usually do after after games when I'm uh, for home games. But we're still bringing you all of my takes here because I watched the game. I kept the tabs on it, and then I even rewatched parts of it to make sure I was seeing the right things here. So I got to start with this offense and Kenny Pickett's injury aside. We'll get to Kenny Pickett. We'll get to the officiating. We'll get to a lot of those things there, but it just continues to make you wonder when will this offense get out of its own way? And I know everyone's going to see Matt Canada, Matt Canada, Matt Canada, but first play of the game. Deontay Johnson's wide open in the middle part of the field running. No one around him. Kenny Pickett leads him just a little too much. Deontay Johnson could get, could, doesn't just lets it bounce off of his hands. Either way, just they, they have to make that play. And it wasn't just that. You had the the overthrow, whether that was an overthrow or drop, however you want to characterize it, that's a wide open play that could have been a touchdown to open up the game in the first play. Your first fast start of the year, get momentum going, everything starts flowing in the game. It's completely different, and they miss it. Then you had the play where there was a third down. George Pickens run a corner route, toasts his man. He's got like five yards on him, and Kenny Pickett hangs the pass. And George Pickens has to stop. The defender comes back, knocks it away. If Kenny Pickett leads George Pickens, it's a touchdown. These both come in the first quarter, early in the game, on big opportunities. Then there was also when the Steelers did get in the red zone in the first half, and you call uh, a, a simple slant combo where Deontay Johnson's running the slant to the inside. You got Connor Hayward running to the outside, and he kind of just gets in the way, so it's a pick. Deontay Johnson's wide open in the end zone. Kenny Pickett doesn't see him. And then when he does see him, he's still open and then throws it behind him. And it just, it's just so baffling how you could see the offense, the way that they performed in the fourth quarter last week against the Rams. Hit it, Kenny Pickett on fire, hitting, hitting his reads, hitting his passes, throwing, throwing passes on the mark. And it just disappeared. And again, it wasn't anything that the Rams, the, the, excuse me, the Jaguars did that were special. Those guys were open. They, they had every opportunity. They just missed on them. And this is before Kenny Pickett got even injured. We, we talk about Mitch Trubisky. But you go, but you look at the way that that played out, and you're just like, man, what's going on there? And then on top of that, the offensive line not getting any push. Now, we did say going into this game 
that defensive front for the Jaguars was going to be tough. And Mike Thomas said it going into this game as well. He's like, it's, it's like we got to find ways to move them. The Steelers' offensive line did not do that. And it's tough for me to look at Jalen Warner and Najee Harris and be like, I feel either way about how they played because they were just getting crushed at the line of scrimmage. They didn't have much space to run there. But for me, there's a lot to this to this offense and to this team that when you look across the game, even, even past the offense, all the things that went against this team, Kenny Pickett getting injured late in the first half, not getting a call for that. Again, we will get to the officiating in a bit here because – I know there's a lot of Steelers fans that are livid over that, and I think they have very good reason to be. But let's deal with the controllables, as Mike Tomlin would say, about the things that that they that they just Steelers did deal with. You lose Minka Fitzpatrick early in this game to what looks like a hamstring injury. You're not sure what's going on there. The defense holds it together for the most part, but you still but 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 you still go into a game where you had every chance to win. You're playing a Jaguars team that's now six and two. They're tied with the best record in the AFC with the Dolphins and the Chiefs right now. And you were hanging with them pretty much the whole game. And if De- if Demonte KZ makes a very makeable interception in this game, instead of, and it's, instead of jumping the pass way too early and letting Travis Etienne walk to the end zone, this is a completely different contest. And that's where I'm at on this on this Steelers team right now is that like man like this team has had so many different ways that it could have won this game with the execution on the field. Even outside of the calls, even outside of injuries, there were things there to be done that just weren't done. And that's where the Steelers, I think, are right now as far as a team that when they when they need to put it all together, they're that close, but sometimes that far. And it makes you wonder, will this offense ever get out of its own way? And it's my big question here is because, again, you could talk about Matt Canada's calls all you want, especially in that first half. They were there to be made. Deontay Johnson with two brutal drops. George Pickens getting open. He didn't catch his one pass was a touchdown reception that Mitch Trubisky threw to him. That was the one time he had had a reception in this game. Your offensive line looks like it started to figure things out last week. It didn't figure figure things out this week. And the more I look back into it, and I still got to look over the All-22, we'll try to do that for the Tuesday episode, which will be an interesting time crunch because of all the things I got to get done Monday. But we're going to do our best to get that done. But I think one of the biggest things that we have to look at here with the Steelers' offense is, man, like, can, just, can you just get the basics done? And this goes back to where I think Matt Canada, everyone's talking about playing. Calling. I don't think Matt Canada's biggest problem is play calling because, again, the play calls are there. Deontay Johnson, 50 yards, maybe a touchdown to open the game. George Pickens, wide open for another touchdown late in the game. Deontay Johnson, wide open in the end zone. You hit on those three plays. You at least get two field goal ranges out of it, and you get at least a touchdown. That 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 right there, that's 13 points on top of your field goal and the field goal that the referees took away from you. So you're talking about 19 points of offense in the first half. Not something juggernaut, but that changes the entire tenor of the game. And you win the game with that. Those are the things that I think are bugging the Steelers right now, that they're kicking they're, they're kicking themselves. And those are the things that they have to stop doing if they want to be, be a good football team. And right now, they are a, they are a so-so football team. They're four, they're four and three. The good thing for them is they're tied for second in the AFC North. Actually, they are in second in the AFC North because they have all the tiebreakers. They beat the Browns and the Bengals have lost all, all their divisional games. Well, the Steelers have won all the divisional games. 
If the playoffs were to start today, Steelers would be in it. So that's the again, the good thing is that even while they're not playing their best football, they're right in the thick of things. If they can figure it out, they'd be in a great spot. If this offense figures it out, I think they're in a great spot. But again, if they don't figure it out, we're going to keep asking ourselves this question. And last year was different. We get rookie quarterback. You had Kenny Pickett. He was figuring things out. Uh, an offensive line that was still makeshift and being put together, trying to figure all these things. That George Pickens was a rookie. There's so many things to go into that. And I get that. But this right here, this is around the time you're supposed to turn it on. We And again, we looked at the end of that Rams game, the way they won the Ravens game. Maybe they're starting to figure things out. And it seems like they keep taking two steps forward and one step back. Because they are, again, they are making progress at times but not nearly the amount of progress that you want to see from your first-round draft pick quarterback and your offense that you're trying to get something going here. We'll talk about the officials in just a minute here because I know a lot of people want to talk about them. And again, Steelers fans, I'm right with you on a lot of things. The NFL really messed that up. But there's still things that the Steelers can do to get around those things. And we'll talk about both of those on the other side of this break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We still have so much to discuss. But first, we got to talk to you about our great sponsors at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're whether you're looking at the waiver wire or trying to figure out who you're going to start, we're, we're going to give you guaranteed fits on your roster all season long. So without further ado, here's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. Bills rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid has stepped up into a big role with Dawson Knox getting hurt. He's gotten hot with Josh Allen the past two weeks, scoring for the first time in, in his career in week eight against the Buccaneers. Kincaid gets a smash spot in a shootout against the Bengals on Sunday night football this upcoming week. Cincinnati has been better in coverage outside versus wideouts and then versus tight ends. That's where Kincaid can once again come through for managers looking for a mid-season pick-me-up at the position. With eBay's guaranteed fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips. You can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. Fixing up, so go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know You'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue to discuss the Steelers' loss here, 20 to 10 to the Jaguars. They fall four to three here. Let's take a step back because, again, the Steelers had so many things to correct in this game. But at the same time, you can't not look at the officiating and how bad that was, especially in the first half. You look at the pass interference call called against James Pierre, where he makes a textbook play. Trailing the receiver is able is able to is able to make a play is able to make a play on the ball goes over goes over top of him doesn't touch him and is called for defensive pass interference. That call gets the Jaguars in field goal range, gives them three points. You got another defensive holding call that I thought was a little ticky tack. 
that led to another field goal, another three points. You had Keanu Neal's roughing the passer call, which wouldn't have been as bad because the Steelers got the Demonte Casey did get an interception later that drive, so it kind of made that, or was that might have been the Cole Holcomb fumble drive. But either way, the Steelers got a turnover on that on that drive, so it makes the Lawrence penalty not as bad on its face by itself until Kenny Pickett's injury, which still baffles me because on both of those plays. Not identical situations because one was very much by the letter of the law what the NFL is trying to get out of the game right now. And the other was exactly what you want to teach your players to do to not hurt the quarterback. Only it was the guy who did what you wanted him to do in Keanu Neal who pulled up on Trevor Lawrence, didn't fall on top of him with his full body weight. And he was the one that got penalized. And not the Jaguars defensive lineman who drove Kenny Pickett after the ball was thrown, well after the ball was thrown, with his shoulder, with Kenny Pickett, into the ground, injuring his ribs. No penalty. And it's one thing. You can't, you can't take away, you know, teams making plays like that on, on a quarterback if you're, if you're the officials. Like, you know, that, that itself, you, you can't stop that. But what you can do is penalize them for that. No call comes from there. And that's what makes the Trevor Lawrence call that much more terrible. By the by, the officials there, and then just after Kenny Pickett gets knocked gets knocked out of the game with a call that should have given them 15 more yards, Chris Boswell makes another field goal. His perfect streak continues, and then a late flag comes in saying that the Steelers were offside, that they lined up offsides. Mike Tomlin looks like he had a fit on the sideline, trying to understand what the Steelers did wrong. And you look at the replay board; not only were the Steelers onsides, and everyone was perfectly lined up the way that you do for every field goal protection block. And Mike Tomlin said in his 17 years of coaching, he's never seen that called once. But not only was all that the case, the Jaguars were lined up offsides. So not only the Steelers should have had the 15 yards from the from, from the roughing the passer call, but they were moved back five yards when they should have been moved forward five yards. So in fact, in effect, they should have been given 20 more yards in this drive to get a field goal there. Or they could have just had the three points in the first place. So we're talking about two field goals awarded to the Jaguars. One field goal is taken away from the Steelers. That's nine points in a 10-point game. And again, the the, the penalty also coming when uh, knocking out you pick it from the game. There's so much to take away from that that I, I you know it, it just it makes the case for this, the NFL needs to stop whatever issue it has with part-time with, with full-time officials and just make every official full full-time every NFL ref needs to be just an NFL ref a hundred percent of the way all the time. The jobs are too important to make those kinds of huge mistakes. But again, the officials, you can be mad at that as much as you want. This game still falls down to the Steelers had every chance to beat this team and didn't take advantage of those opportunities. And I think we could Continue to look at different parts of this of this of this game where um, the other funny part of the officials I forgot to bring up was when Travis Etienne definitely fumbled and the one official tried to say, oh, he was down and trying to call him down to the point where the play's dead and this can't be reviewed. And then another official came in and said, no, 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 he definitely was up like he literally was being held up while he dropped the ball. <laughs> so many things about, about that, that the officiating crew that uh that needs to be addressed by the NFL because that was a, a travesty there. But again, you go back, you, you go through all of that with all of those things and all the injuries. The Steelers had every chance to beat a six and two Jaguars team that currently looks like one of the best teams in the AFC. 
And none of that will matter. If they get defensive play like this again, where they get all the turnovers that they need, they keep the Jaguars out of the end zone, out of, out of the end zone, out of, out, they keep the Jaguars from scoring a touchdown in the red zone all game. And we'll get to the defense and what I think about the defense in this game in the next segment. But you get all these things, and if you just get the offense, again, you don't need the offense to turn it on and score 30 points. Just do the basics. Hit the open man. Fundamentals. Make routine plays routinely, as Mike Tomlin says. If they do, if the offense does that, they're in a so much a better place. And again, I'm tired of hearing about play calls. Everyone wants to be chanting fire Matt Cannon. I get it. At this point, it's a meme. It's a joke to a lot of people. That's why they're doing it on the Pat McAfee show when they're in Utah. But I, I don't care if you have Bill Walsh or name any offensive coach that was that was talented, that, that's, that's highly revered in the history of the, after the game. You could have the greatest coach ever. You could have Andy Reid, who, by the way, lost badly to the Broncos this weekend. But you could have anyone you want. If, if, if they're scheming open guys and you're still not hitting them, that is on the execution on the field. And it's again, it's not just Kenny Pickett. Deontay Johnson dropping open passes. Offensive line not getting pushed when it needs to. Progress and then regress. That is very much the Steelers offense right now. And that's where I come. That's where I think coaching does come into play a bit here. Because there are certain things like, you know, there's the classic phrase. You can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. You can scheme up everything perfectly. You can tell them in meetings, this is what you have to do. This is what we're looking to get on this play. And if they don't, if they don't make it happen, sometimes that means they're, they're just not the guy. But you look at the Steelers, and when things do click, it makes you wonder, like, man, can they be the guy? Because we keep we keep going back and forth on this all season long. At least I do. We keep looking at man, like the way that the way that you look at the way that he was reading Kenny Pickett, read the Rams defense, the throws that he was making, and the moves they were making, the 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 things that they were, the chemistry that started to show with Deontay Johnson, even though he had been gone all this time. Him and George Pickens being able to throw those back shoulder passes. All those, all those things that you see potential for, and then they just fall to the wayside at different points. And this is, again, you know, our, our friend Will Graves, who was on this show, I think, a month ago, he asked that to Kenny Pickett this week. He was like, hey, like, what's it going to take for this offense to stop regressing? Because they are regressing. And, it's again, it's not complete regression all the time because they, they step up one time. They step up one time. For progress that like they did last week against the Rams. They did a little bit against the Ravens. But, you know, we thought that after they beat the Raiders and the Browns and then they had the Texans game. And it's just this this roller coaster of a ride the offense continues to be on. The Steelers need consistency there and they need it now. Or they're going to keep wasting what are good efforts from a lot of other players that were that were in this game. At a situation that could have put could have put the Steelers if they pull the, if they if they execute this game they pull this game out they're five and two they've got the short week and then all of a sudden you're looking at man like they actually have one of the best records in the AFC they're the team that's that's right up that's that's competing right up there with the best teams in the AFC and again I think there is material on the Steelers right now there's substance to this team that can get them there if these things click. And I think more of that showed on the defensive side of the ball against what had been a pretty good offense going into this game. 
I want to talk about the defensive points more here because I, you know, as, as negative as this has been because of a loss, again, a 10 point loss with all the things that happened here, I don't think is as bad as some people will make that out to be. It's bad because the offense didn't do their job, but this is not a terrible team that never stood a chance against against a really good team in the AFC. And a lot of that is because the defense looks like they might be figuring some things out. We'll talk about the other side of the break here on Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We still have a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you that this show is also brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is, of course, the ultimate service that gets you food delivered right to your house, especially when it's time to save on football watch parties. Now, whenever you're watching the big game, you like to get pizza, wings, soda, burgers, whatever you like to enjoy football with. Me, I like to get some Big Shot Bob's wings. It, they, they brings them right to my house. You get you get your ranch dressing with it. You get your Frank White sauce at, on, on, your, on your wings. It's fantastic. Or sometimes you get some, uh, some Permanis, get a sirloin steak and cheese, deliver right to your door. There's so many Pittsburgh favorites that you can get delivered right to your door on DoorDash. And right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, all capital letters, all one word, subject to change, terms and conditions apply. If you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get prepared before game day, stock up on your favorite appetizers, and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash, then get ready to watch your team win. And don't forget, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app today and enter code LOCKED23, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. Subject to change. Terms and additions apply. We're back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We apologize for the lighting here. Uh, I was using the sun as my light here, and that didn't work out too well. So we're going to have to uh, do that. But we got our studio lights that we brought with us here on the road here as we're in a hotel out in Cali celebrating our friends Raman and Nujan, their amazing wedding weekend. Um, but, again, did not stop me from watching the game, rewatching the game, breaking things down. Let's talk about the defense. Because I thought this unit was actually on point in this game. Despite little offense, despite all the three and outs, this team allowed one touchdown on a busted play that if DeMonte Casey just makes a routine play, sits, sits in his spot and makes a jump on the ball, he intercepts that pass, and the Jaguars probably never score a touchdown, and the Steelers might even win this game. But everything else, again, run defense. That was the biggest problem. That was the biggest thing I thought could go against the Steelers this game was the run defense. It was Travis Etienne, who was rolling. I think he had 150 yards in both of his last two games, something crazy like that. He was looking unstoppable, and I was like, oh, boy, this is the wrong time for the Steelers to be facing a good running back. They shut him down. 24 carries, 79 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. That is a win. I don't care what anyone says about that. Trevor Lawrence, very good quarterback. High future in the NFL. Threw just as many touchdown passes in this game as Mitch Trubisky did. And the one touchdown pass he threw should have been picked off. And honestly, if Mickey Fitzpatrick's healthy, that's probably him in that spot. And maybe it does get picked off. Pressure got home a bit. They were able to get some sacks from different areas. You could see them continue to hold T.J. Watt all game. Still got a half sack. 
Lynn Roberts gets in there with a sack and a half. The linebackers continue to look good. Cole Holcomb, lead the team in tackles, recovers a fumble. He seems to be on point, getting getting to the right spots. Quan Alexander, just a wrecking ball yet again, forces another fumble. Landon Roberts getting a sack and a half. And of course, TJ, TJ Watt doing his thing. Alex Highsmith, even though he wasn't, you know, making highlight plays, he was solid. And also thought the defensive front in general looked good. Armin Watts has come alive. He's been a factor. Montrevious Adams has, has been better. Those guys are making progress. We aren't seeing a regress for the defensive side of the ball. And that's again why I think that there's still so much to look forward to for this team this year. If the offense can just again not become elite. Just get out of your own way and be a little, be average, be a little above average. Get to being in the middle part of the part of the part of the league. This is a unit that continues to to find ways to keep this team in games. That when you look at how the, how bad the offense is, you feel like they shouldn't have been in. Because I know Steelers fans are sitting at home or sitting at Acrisure Stadium and they're thinking like, "Oh man, the offense is doing this again." But the Steelers weren't out of it until Mitch Trubisky threw that last interception and the Jaguars went up 10. And whereas Mitch Trubisky, you know, he threw that pass, it was triple coverage, shouldn't have thrown it. I get it. You're a backup quarterback. You you haven't, you know, played much this year and you were just trying to make a play. You made a bad call. Things happen. Not too mad at Mitch Trubisky for that. But the defense, again, when you look at how how things played out, when you look at how they were able to limit Trevor Lawrence, and they held, and no Jaguars receiver had over 100 yards receiving in this game. And Christian Kirk and uh, Calvin Ridley, they're two bad dudes, and everything was coming on strong. And they each had some good plays here and there, but it goes back to the, you know the the point where I had with Mike Tomlin, and I brought up weeks ago, and he kind of. Shut it down. And he was like, you know, I brought up, hey, you guys are giving up the eighth most yards in the league to wide receivers. Is that a problem? And he was like, no, because we're doing we're doing our jobs. We're winning. I'm focused on winning football games, not on those stats. And when you see stuff like that, it kind of goes to the point. I think the Steelers, they're not worried about the the overall stats of a uh you know, of, of just how much a receiver gets and what fantasy points they get and all that, all those kind of analytics. They're like, hey, are we getting stops? And they were. Again, they allowed one touchdown. The Jaguars were 0 for 3 in the red zone in this game. The Steelers clearly have game plans where they, they try to isolate certain players, get certain matchups to go their way. And for all but two games, the defense has done their job in, in that for, for pretty much most of those contests. And I think that that's, again, a sign that maybe this defense, they are making the right kind of progress that you want to see right now. Maybe they are a team that you can look at and say, like, hey, they're growing in the right way. Because the, you, if the run defense is better, and that was a team that was running the ball pretty well, maybe the Steelers are more ready to take on to take on some of these other opponents. The secondary, missing Minka Fitzpatrick. Joey Porter Jr., by the way, looked really good again in this game. Made some really good plays in coverage, was in place. That guy starts for the rest of the year. I don't care what, I don't care what anyone else does. The Steelers cannot afford for him to be back on the bench. Levi Wallace was hurt in this game. That stinks for Levi Wallace. But Joey Porter Jr. is a starter now. End of discussion. But you had a game where your top defensive back, Minka Fitzpatrick, didn't even play for most of it. 
and you still you you were one big mistake from keeping the Jaguars out of the end zone entirely. I think this defense has something to build upon, and it brings us back to the to the point that I made at the top of the show. If this if this team can keep up with one of the best teams in the AFC, even while missing two of the top three players on his defense, Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick. We'll see if Cam Hayward comes back this next week because he did start practicing at the end of the week last week. You're missing those two star players. Your offense is giving you virtually nothing as far as production-wise, and you're still limiting that team to those numbers. I think that's encouraging. There's a lot of things to be encouraged about with this team, but there's also so many things to also be discouraged about, and that's why they're 4-3 and right now. We'll have a lot more coming this week on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm going to try my best to do my All-22 review as fast as possible to get you guys a Tuesday episode on time. That might end up being late. We do apologize if that's the case, but hey, bear with us. We're on the road traveling here. Thanks again for tuning into the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be back Tuesday with, the, with our All-22 review and our grades, and then we'll get you ready for the rest of the week. We'll have a quick turnaround with Thursday Night Football. Where are the Steelers health, health-wise? Mike Tomlin should talk to, uh, today, in fact, Monday, uh, instead of your normal um, your normal Tuesday because of the short week, and that means we'll also get probably in- answers on some of the injuries like Mick Fitzpatrick and Kenny Pickett for the future. Again, Chris Carter, thanks for tuning into the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'll be back on your, on your screens and in your ears Tuesday with more right here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. 